What is going on you guys and welcome back to another video. The other day we got a comment in from Joe Mosher. He says, Brandon, I love your videos. Thank you very much, Joe. I have an idea for an upcoming series. What about doing a video for people in certain age brackets, like investing strategies for your 20s, 40s, etc. I am 43 and I'm wondering what would be the best for me if I want to retire at 55. That is exactly what we're gonna go over today. Thank you for the amazing suggestion. We're gonna be going over investing in your 30s and 40s. I actually clump these together as we'll see why later in the video, but I kind of consider this your midlife, right? Life is going and I like to bunch these together. You could get very granular with it, but this is just the way I like to break it down. If you guys wanna see other ones like investing in your 20s, investing in your 60s, I think it might be good if Mark does investing in your 60s because that would make a lot of sense. He is of that age. Make sure you are subscribed to the channel. Let me know down in the comment section below if you would. But um, yeah, let's get on into the video today. How we're gonna break this lesson down is we're gonna break it down into three categories, okay? First, we're gonna do somewhat of a profile. I think it's very important that when you are establishing your, your DIY investing strategy, you take a good, long, hard look at what's going on in your life. What are those unique life events? What are the circumstances that are at play for a specific age demographic? From that, we can then build on to the other stuff. I know you probably wanna jump straight into how to invest, but we're gonna to work to that, so please bear with me. We're gonna talk about goals and objectives, obviously a very important one. And then, like I said, at the end, we'll go through a very in-depth look here. Investment options, accounts, we're gonna go through everything. So I really hope you guys enjoy this one. But let's start, for example, with Joe. And obviously this is not direct investment advice, but I wanna dive straight in. Let's assume we have Joe as an example, age 43, your typical uh, 43 year old. We're going to assume that this man is kind of set into his career at this point, right? He's got a good job. Hopefully he's not, um, you know, still in school at this point. Uh, maybe if you're doing certain career, like education paths, you still might be in school in 30s, but I'm just gonna assume hopefully that by 30s and 40s, you're done with the education system. You're out of there. You're set into your career. Now, why is this important? Well, it's important because you probably are earning a nice steady income. You have a good, good source of income coming in. I would argue that in this midlife, uh, Time frame, you're earning steady income and you actually have the opportunity for your income to grow, right? Whether that be through pay increases, whether that be from bonuses, maybe you're climbing the corporate ladder. Some people may say, you know, you'll hear the term peak earning years. I don't know if we're at peak earning years quite yet, especially on the lower end of this scale, like 30s, definitely not peak earning years. That would probably be towards your late 40s and 50s. But you get what I'm getting at. There is a, the, the income coming in through the door should be relatively high. I'll say here, it's very possible that at this age, you are also married or you have like a common law spouse or partner, or however that works. There's a very good chance you have dual income coming into the situation, right? So these would all be things that I think are working in your favor. These are good things about being later in life or in your midlife compared to, for example, a 20 year old who may not have the best uh, cash flow. They may be in school, they may be a student, they may have very little dollar figures. These are all good, but there are some you know, considerations that come in when you are also in this phase. Think about something, for example, like a mortgage, right? Unless you're living at your parents' basement still, which again, hopefully maybe thirties, if you're living at your parents' basement at thirties, that's okay. That, that, that's not okay. I mean, Hey, it's okay. It's passable. But if you're in your forties and you're still living at your parents, uh, you know, basement, that's a no, no. Well, let's hope that you have a mortgage by now or rent, but nevertheless, this is an expense. It's possible you have things like car payments, um, maybe student loans. Another big one that would come into play around this is children, right? Kids. And kids are actually very, very, very expensive. I came across a statistic here. It says, did you know the average cost of uh, raising a child to age 17 is $235,000 for 
one kid and then imagine you have multiple kids that's a lot of food, clothing, and shelter, but what comes at age 18 that doesn't even factor in college, crazy enough. 235,000, wow. Doesn't that make you rethink your, your, your decisions, maybe? Yeah, I guess. Nevertheless, this is just ballpark generalizing again, everyone's situation is different, but, but in general, we're making good money, we're making steady income, but we do have obligations in life. We do have expenses that we can't really get away from. You know, this mortgage, this is something that's gonna be with us for the next number of years. These kids obviously gonna be selling with us the next number of years, and this does factor in. Let's move along now into the goals and uh, objectives. And I would say it's fair that the number one priority in mind, I'm gonna put down here the word retirement, okay? Retirement is obviously top of mind. That is goal objective number one. Not in the sense, of course, that we are ready for retirement. That is still decades away. We're still hopefully a couple decades away at least. But that thought, right, that, that seed is planted in our head that, hey, we need to make sure we are prepared. And especially if you ask anybody who's like in their forties, like later on this spectrum, each and every year that passes by, it just starts to hit a little bit harder. You know, it starts to like sink in that I got to make sure I'm ready. And you start to ask questions to yourself, like, like Joe, you know, is a good example. He already said in his comment, I want to retire by age 55. That is my goal. That is my objective. You may want to retire at 60, 65, 67. That's totally up to you. How much money do I want to retire by? These are all of the questions that you start to Ask yourself in here because it's the ones that actually get on top of it now that will be, be able to get there. So that I think is a clear and obvious check. That is priority number one. Now, number two, I think this is a really good uh, goal and objective that you may not hear about all too much, but I'm going to put down the word stability slash security. Okay. Financial security and, and not necessarily, you know, at retirement, obviously I bunch these two differently. We want to be financially secure at retirement. We want to have the dollar figures, the nest egg grown to hit our goals. But I'm talking actually about in the meantime. So like as of today, as I'm in my 30s and 40s, I want to feel financially stable. I want to feel secure, especially in a type of environment and world that we're living in. And, you know, I bring it back to this, which is why we're going in order. <clears throat> we talked about how you have these obligations. You know, the mortgage, that's stuck with you. The kids that stuck with you, especially when you are the, the income earner or at least contributing a lot to the household, there can be a lot of weight on your shoulders. And I'll give you, you know, from personal experience, you know, my daughter just, she's about to turn one. So it feels like it was literally just yesterday. Like we, you know, you guys have been following, feels like it was yesterday that uh, she was born. She turns one later this month. It's just crazy, crazy, crazy. And once you have kids on the table, you're no longer just providing for yourself. And then you have like a wife or a husband and then dependents such as kids. It's a whole different type of um, feeling in terms of that stability that you need to provide. And again, this is important because we are going to bake this into our investment strategy. We can't be reckless with our money. We have to make sure we're on top of things, especially right now with the mortgage rates going up, like everything's going up. Uh, it's expensive, expensive, expensive. So I think stability and security is is actually quite important. Number three, a goal here that I think would be fair to say kind of a broad one and a broad, um, you know, a blanket goal is uh, your, your your children's future, right? Your kid's future. And <clears throat> again, depending on, you know, you, you may have younger kids if you're on the younger end of the scale. You, have, you may have kids, at your, if you're 40s, you may have your kids that are already in their teens and already getting older, already starting to like literally prepare to go to college and school. And a lot of parents would want to be in a position where they can provide for them. They can help support 
whatever way that may be, right? Paying for the kids' camps, paying for the whatever. You know, here in Richmond, you, you give your kids uh, money for a down payment. For the, uh, That's a different story. But uh, nevertheless, you want to be in a position to provide for your kids. I would say these are three very, very big priorities. Now, I'm probably missing some. As always, make sure that you can... Um, you know, you can always feel free to leave comments down below if I'm missing over anything, but these are just kind of top of mind things that I think a person in their middle age would very much consider. If you think I'm on, on pace here, give this video a big thumbs up. But that moves us on to really what you guys are all here for, you know, the main section of this video, which is how do we invest? Investing in our 30s and 40s, let's answer the question of this video. By the way, I will say, if you guys are liking this stuff, as always, be sure to check out the Investing Academy. The Investing Academy is our program where we work with Canadians all across the country, every single shape and size, every single age. If you guys like learning about this stuff, you find it fascinating and you want help with anything that we talk about today more in depth uh, or anything in general when it comes to investing, do take a look at that. That is that first link down below. But I wanna start with action items in order. And as much as I know you guys wanna get into the stocks to buy and how we wanna structure the portfolio, I am gonna start here by saying we need to set a strong budget. Okay, I know that's lame. Even I, it feels lame as I'm writing that out, but it's really not. In fact, I literally just reviewed my budget this week. Like to start off the year, I went through, I looked at all my expenses, all my cash, because I got the email from the bank saying, congratulations, your mortgage rate ha has gone up again, 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 again. And that has to come from somewhere, right? And again, when you are, when you have more responsibilities in life, those are the things you have to account for. You need to know your dollars coming in, your household income, you and your spouse, whatever it is, you need to have a very strong allocation of where each and every dollar is going. The more clear you are on that, the higher of a chance you will get to your goals because you can literally reverse engineer. Like let's assume this person, Joe says, I want to retire at age 55 and I want to have X amount in the bank. This is what I have today. Well, if you have a strong budget and you know every month I'm paying $2,000 to my mortgage and I'm investing $700 and I'm doing this and da, da 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 You can literally break it down and then it just becomes a math equation of, well, what type of returns do I need to get to get me to my goals? You see where I'm getting at? It literally is a, it's, it, it's simple at the end of the day. It's not simple. I do think having a strong budget is very, very important. Now, one more little housekeeping thing, which I do want to talk about here as well, is the need for an emergency fund. If you don't have an emergency fund and you're this uh, later in life, I'd actually say pause, hold up for a second and very strongly consider it. I've said on you know camera multiple times, like I've made multiple videos in the past where I don't necessarily advocate for an emergency fund for everybody. If you're in your early 20s, like let's assume you just graduated. I'm gonna take this off, it's getting hot. Let's assume you just uh, graduated college, right? You just finished UBC and you're still living at your parents' house. You got a nice job at a little uh, accounting practice or uh, physiotherapy, whatever it is. You know, that, 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 that's beyond the point. If you're still living at home, you don't have kids, you don't have mortgage to pay, and you're earning good money right out of school, do you really need an emergency fund? I mean, that's debatable. It's always good to have. Always good to have that rainy day fund for, you know, things that do come up. But when we're talking 30s and 40s and you have a family providing on you, this is critical. What the experts will recommend is six to 12 months of living expenses. I've seen many cases where people have like literally two years worth of, uh, you know, s s expenses saved up. If they lost their job, if their company uh, laid them off during this tough economic time, they have two years worth of savings in a rainy day fund for that exact matter. 
I do think that it is a very strong priority to, to consider. You can obviously make that assessment with your family, right? Another thing that I think I've, I've got noted down is like, especially as you get to the older parts of your forties, the reality is like, you know, illnesses and sicknesses do become more prevalent. Like, unfortunately, that's just the, the nature of it. You are getting older. Hopefully you're generally healthy. You know, you're not a smoker, you're not drinking or you're not like morbidly obese. So you're, you're better. But as you get older and older and older, those things start to happen. And it is important to have that. So I really, really like those. But assuming you've kind of got these two in line, let's now talk about the fun stuff. Let's talk about how to actually invest. And I want to start with your uh, portfolio allocation, right? Asset allocation, number one, I'm just going to put here allocation. This is just my own personal belief. You guys can make your own decisions as always, like always do your own research. This is just what I believe. But um, in terms of portfolio allocation, because we are still in growth mode, we want to be primarily exposed to equities. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, if we were to break down your asset allocation, like from a top-down look, and let's assume you looked at equities versus fixed income or equities versus cash, you know, growth versus safety. Keep in mind, we still have at least 20 to 30 years in our time horizon or time frame. I would personally look, I'll put some options up on the screen, but I'd look at an allocation somewhere falling between maybe a 80-20 portfolio, excuse me, 75-25 or a 70-30. What I mean by that is that is the balance between your exposure to stocks, um, equities versus a safer asset such as fixed income, government bonds, or cash. In these options on the screen that you're looking at, you are primarily exposed to equities. And the reason being is that if you look over any data, uh, any data looking back, and you look over a long enough time frame, certainly over a number of decades, equities and stocks, although more volatile, will provide you with a better return than, than bonds. You know, there will be maybe years where that's not the case, but over a longer rolling period of time, which again, you do have time till retirement, equities is where the, the, the money is at. And with that said, we still want to be exposed to that. Now, if you are a very conservative investor, you could be even more conservative. You could look at something like a 60-40 portfolio, you know, 60% equities, 40% bonds. I probably wouldn't go any more conservative than like than that. Um, because then you are just kind of missing out on some growth. But again, maybe you're just that type of person that really needs to be safe and really needs to be secure. So I can't obviously speak for everybody, but case in point is that we do want to be primarily exposed to equities. Now, assuming you agree with that, I'm going to put here the investment option of choice very likely would be an exchange traded fund. So an ETF or an index fund, I've done multiple videos on ETFs and index funds. If you don't know what those are, but um, completely logical and very, very likely the best choice. If you look at your day, I'm going to assume that even Joe here, for example, works a very typical job. You know, he works a nine to five, wakes up, has breakfast, goes to work, you know, comes back, um, maybe spends time with the kids, maybe has dinner with, with the family. You're busy, you're out, you're, you're doing uh, all sorts of things. You don't have the same time as a 20 year old and even a 60 year old, right? So it's funny, this is like, you know, if you look at it like a bell curve or, or, or a spectrum, you have a lot of time in your 20s. That all gets very limited, limited, limited. And then what I find is some of the funnest people to work with, the people that are so involved in the stock market tend to be the older, older folks. So the ones that are 60, they're in retirement. Well, then all those obligations, the job is done. They have time to monitor the market and they actually may get a little more involved. But for simple simplicity purposes uh, and like literally a time management thing, I would consider, uh, strongly consider using ETFs. You could even go as far as using like an all-in-one ETF, which again, I've done videos on the channel. Uh, by the way, when you guys, when you guys um, 
ask me in the comments, like, have you done a video on this? What I would recommend is just going to the, go to the channel and just click that little search bar and just type in the word that you're looking for. Someone asked me if I'd done videos on dividends before. A million videos on dividends before. Just go search it up on the channel. That's a good little way of kind of scanning things out. But I definitely recently did a video on all-in-one ETFs. And you can essentially pick one product that already has your allocation baked in. You have to do nothing in terms of managing it other than selecting the appropriate fund. You, you know, you'll hear a term too is like a target uh, date fund or a target, yeah, target date fund, which I don't commonly look at as much, but you kind of set your date that you want to retire and it actually kind of uh, rebalances for you with time. Nevertheless, there are products out there that can make your life very, very easy. And that is probably the route that I would go. Just to throw out a couple of examples for you guys, maybe something like VGrow, um, the Vanguard Growth Equity Fund, take a look at that one, XGrow. Those would be more on the growth side for someone who wants to be a little more um, involved in the equity markets. You can also scale that down and go for like a, a XBAL or a, Z, a VBAL or even a ZBAL, BMO I believe it is. Lots and lots of, lots of options if you guys would like to check that out. If you are somebody that wanted to do individual stocks, that is absolutely okay. In fact, you guys know on this channel, I my portfolio is individual stocks. Again, I also have time to do this. This is what I do for a living, right? Um, so take that into consideration. I would look no farther than some very solid blue chip dividend paying stocks. You guys know I'm a huge fan of dividend paying stocks, that passive income, the reliability that they provide. If a company's been paying dividends for many, 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 many years, obviously that's great for money, income. But it also does tell a lot about the company. Okay, you know, a company that's able to sustain a dividend for 50 plus years is something that I think is, it tells a lot about the company, the management, many, many regards. Dividends is a great way to go. We don't wanna be going too crazy with our stock picks this late in life. You know, again, if you're in your 20s, you can be more reckless. You can go for more growth. You can strive for the small caps, test out penny stocks, go buy those high flyers because in reality, if you're in age 20 and you you blow up your portfolio, yeah, it sucks. But you can kind of just, you'll figure it out. You know, you'll make more money. You won't have the bank come knocking to, to take over your cars or your, your mortgage payment because you weren't able to, uh, you know, meet those costs. You could go bankrupt and just start all over again in reality when you're in your 20s. Later in life, we want to stick to the quality companies in my honest and humble opinion. Just to throw out a few names for you, I'd look no further than companies like you know, a CNR here in, here in Canada, you know I love Canadian National Railway. A company like PepsiCo would be another good example. These are great dividend paying stocks uh, that are very, very high quality. Maybe like a Johnson & Johnson. Brookfield Asset Management being another favorite of mine. They obviously just went through a split. Uh, Brookfield, so do your research on that. Uh, a TD Bank, you name it. These are companies that in my opinion, you do not have to worry about them you know, going bust or going bankrupt. 10 years from now, 20 years from now, these companies are not only gonna be around, there's a very good likelihood that people are still gonna be drinking Coke, Pepsi, still gonna be getting Band-Aids and whatnot. These companies are gonna be here, they're gonna be thriving. They're gonna help you get you to your goals and earn you some money along the way. So if you are gonna be in individual stocks, just make sure you are a little bit more selective, but very, very capable. Again, following your, your overall allocation strategy that you set. Number six, I really, I'm just gonna put this on here because I think it's worth noting. I'm definitely not the person to speak about this because I really don't know much about it, uh, to be completely honest. But I do think considering a, a product such as life insurance can start to make more sense at this age. I don't think it makes sense for a 20 year old. I have 20 year old friends who are, you know, they've been sold life insurance. And again, without knowing too much, I just feel like, hmm, you know, is that the right move? 
But again, if you have kids, and especially if Joe, for example, you're the sole income earner of your house, definitely could be considered. I think Adam Bourne is a channel that uh, covers stuff like this. He's one of our favorite channels, one of our little partner channels that we talk about from time to time. And he knows everything when it comes to planning for retirement, a great channel that I would recommend. And I believe I've seen him do videos over the years on, on life insurance. So definitely something to consider. I would just leave it at that though for my input. I want to now finish off this video with a very strong consideration, and I hope this is still on screen, but I want to talk about the different account types that you should be prioritizing, right? We kind of covered the different investment options, like what product do I want to buy? Do I want to buy ETFs? Do I want to buy stocks? What is my overall strategy more or less uh, going to be? We could have dove deeper into strategy actually, if, if maybe I'll come back to that at the end of the video. But um, account types, accounts, I think that it goes without saying that we need to prioritize our retirement accounts. We're right in the swing of life. This is our, gonna be one of our best friends and one of our top priorities is to maximize these accounts. This would obviously be your TFSA. TFSA isn't necessarily a retirement account, but it's an account that we all should be taking advantage of. So looking to max that. The registered retirement savings plan, the RRSP is a very valuable asset to yourself, especially as you get into those higher income earning years, careers, chugging along, you're making money, all is good. That tax break that you can get in the current day and then grow your money for your future, something that a lot of people should be taking, taking advantage of. I've done uh, multiple videos on RSPs as well. If you haven't uh, caught those, I would encourage you looking into that. You could even look into something like a spousal RSP, right? A spousal RSP, basically if, if that applies to you, right? If that is your, your situation, these accounts are here for a reason and they're very, very valuable when you know how to use them right. I would argue that if you are at work and they offer some sort of um, match system, like an incentive when you put money in, they'll match you 3%, 4%, whatever it is, for your pension or for a group RSP, take advantage of that. That is, that is free money at the end of the day. Even if you are invested into some crappy mutual fund product, if they're matching you one-to-one, one one, um, take advantage of that, right? We just wanna be sucking, sucking, sucking stuff away. I think that's a very, very logical way to go. If you have younger kids or kids, but you know, especially younger kids and you do want them to pursue that school path, um, that's your choice. Uh, a lot of people, you know, think that's the way to go. And it, and it very likely is for, for so many people out there. If you want to go to school, look into something like an RESP, a registered education uh, savings plan, and just put money away, right? Just enough so that you can get those grants from the government. Done videos on RESPs too. They'll actually match you money when you put in X amount. So it's very, very valuable if you have kids that do want to go to school, but that would be kind of the priorities. Now, if you're able to do that and you're able to kind of like max those out, very good job. Then you can trickle over into other accounts such as a taxable or a margin account, but those would be kind of the way that I would approach it. TFSA, RSP, spousal RSP, um, RESP. I think with kind of all that said, it then just becomes a matter of like getting it done and just like doing it. and. For the next number of decades, well, not number of decades, but at least for the next 10 to 15 years, just kind of execute as best as possible on this plan. Make as much money as you can, you know, healthily and, and with a balance in life, of course. But just keep working, keep grinding, keep getting that money, keep contributing and saving as much as you can for about a, you know, 10 years or so at least. You probably don't have to do all too much other than, of course, revisiting your strategy at the end of the year looking at your allocation just to make sure you're on your targets. But it's not till you hit maybe like your, your, your 50s, uh, 55 even, like kind of really on the brink of retirement that I think you then need to really start changing things up. 
And again, this is where this next video in the series, if uh, Mark does it, for example, would be very, very valuable. Because typically what happens is that as you, you know, you've been growing and growing and growing your wealth in a responsible manner, again, not being too reckless, you have some, you know, safety built in. But once you've grown that for the next number of years, well, then as you get older, you start to kind of factor, you start to build in a bit more risk protection, right? A little more downside risk. And obviously when you get to age, you know, 60 or in Joe's case, 55, well, then we're going to really restructure things. And we're going to talk about a completely different set of investments. You want investments that are spinning off income. You want investments like government bonds. You want investments that are going to provide you literally uh, a cash flow to live off of because you no longer have this job. You're going to be retired, but we're not quite at that point yet. So in my opinion, that is kind of how I would approach it. Um, just in my personal uh, opinion, like I said, these are rule of thumb, these are guidelines and you can tailor it to how you would like, but yeah, I hope that answered your question, Joe. I hope this video, you know, you found was, was valuable and helpful. If you guys did enjoy it, like just give this video a big thumbs up, make sure you are subscribed for more content. And like I said, let me know down below if you'd like to see different, uh, you know, different brackets, like a 20 year old, I'm sure there's a lot of 20 year olds that are very curious and then 60s and whatnot. But yeah, I think I will wrap it up there, guys. Thank you to anybody that has made it this far in the video. Those that watch the videos all the way through to the end and you know, drop the likes and share them with their friends. It makes a huge difference for the YouTube algorithm. So that's a great, great way of, of supporting the channel. And if you made it this far, let me know down in the comment section below. As always, of course, check out the Investing Academy. If you guys enjoyed stuff like this, like if this is just, if this is fun to you, check out the Investing Academy. We work with people who literally have never invested before. You know, you're just starting out and maybe you need help getting over that hump or you just need a little bit of extra handholding, you know, diving into this deeper and having a more concrete plan and, you know, looking at the right ETFs, the different research tools, like how do I pick the stocks and what do I you and all sorts of stuff. And just flat out being in a community where you can ask questions and literally be amongst amazing people all over the country who are all striving for a similar goal to prepare ourselves and to be there, get there financially, check out the Investing Academy. That is that first link down in the description below. You can speak with our team. They'd be happy to tell you more about that. But as always, I thank you guys for watching. I hope you enjoyed, and I'll see you in the next video.